Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt your regularly scheduled podcast to bring you this announcement. Today's episode will include a special bonus, How Does This Help Me Love God More and How Does This Help Me Love Others More? This is due to the fact that we accidentally recorded the same day twice. So enjoy. And if you have any complaints, email Chip or Eric, but not Allison. Have a good day. Allison, stop joking. It's time to read. Welcome back, everybody. It's Chip and Eric reading through the Bible with and, friends. And Allison. <laughs> That's the name of the podcast this year. <laughs> Chip and Eric reading through the Bible and friends and, and Allison. Allison. Yeah. And speaking of Allison, today is day uh, tw- 39. And we're going to read Leviticus 4 through 6 and John 21. Wow. Welcome yeah. to Leviticus, Allison. We've been waiting for you to arrive. I've been excited. I had it on my calendar. Yeah. Yep. Procedures for the sin offering. Then the Lord said to Moses, give the following instructions to the people of Israel. This is how you are to deal with those who sin unintentionally by doing anything that violates one of the Lord's commands. If the high priest sins, bring guilt upon the, bringing guilt upon the entire community, he must give a sin offering for the sin he has committed. He must present to the Lord a young bull with no defects. He must bring the bull to the Lord at the entrance of the tabernacle, lay his hand on the bull's head, and slaughter it before the Lord. The high priest will then take some of the bull's blood into the tabernacle, dip his finger in the blood, and sprinkle it seven times before the Lord in front of the inner curtain of the sanctuary. The priest will then put some of the blood on the horns of the altar for for fragrant incense that stands in the Lord's presence inside the tabernacle. He will pour out the rest of the bull's blood at the base of the altar for burnt offerings at the entrance of the tabernacle. Then the priest must remove all the fat of the bull to be offered as a sin offering. This includes the fat around the internal organs, the two kidneys, and the fat around them near the loins, and the long lobe of the liver. He must remove these along with the kidneys, just as he does with cattle offered as a peace offering, and burn them on the altar of burnt offerings. But he must take whatever is left of the bull, its hide, meat, head, legs, internal organs, and dung, and carry it away to a place outside the camp that is ceremonially un- ceremonially clean, the place where the ashes are dumped. There on the ash heap, he will burn it on a wood fire. If the entire Israelite community sins by violating one of the Lord's commands, but the people don't realize it, they're still guilty. When they become aware of their sin, the people must bring a young bull as an offering for their sin and present it before the tabernacle. The elders of the community must lay their hands on the bull's head and slaughter it before the Lord. The high priest will then take some of the bull's blood into the tabernacle, dip his finger in the blood, and sprinkle it seven times before the Lord in front of the inner curtain. He will then put some of the blood on the horns of the altar for fragrant incense that stands in the Lord's presence inside the tabernacle. He will pour out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar for burnt offerings at the entrance of the tabernacle. Then the priest must remove all the animal's fat and burn it on the altar, just as he does with a bull offered as a sin offering for the high priest. Through this process, the priest will purify the people, making them right with the Lord, and they will be forgiven. Then the priest must take what is left of the bull and carry it outside the camp and burn it there, just as is done with the sin offering for the high priest. This offering is for the sin of the entire congregation of Israel. If one of Israel's leaders sins by violating one of the commands of the Lord, his God, but doesn't realize it, he is still guilty. When he becomes aware of his sin, he must bring as his offering a male goat with no defects. He must lay his hand on the goat's head and slaughter it at the place where burnt offerings are slaughtered before the Lord. This is an offering for his sin. Then the priest will dip his finger in the blood of the sin offering and put it on the horns of the altar for burnt offerings. He will pour out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar. 
he must then he must burn all the goat's fat on the altar, just as he does with the peace offering. Through this process, the priest will purify the leader from his sin, making him right with the Lord, and he will be forgiven. If any of the common people sin by violating one of the Lord's commands, but they don't realize it, they are still guilty. When they become aware of their sin, they must bring as an offering for their sin a female goat with no defects. They must lay a hand on the head of the sin offering and slaughter it at the place where burnt offerings are slaughtered. Then the priest will dip his finger in the blood and put it on the horns of the altar for burnt offerings. He will pour out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar. Then he must remove all the goat's fat, just as he does with the fat of the peace offering. He will burn the fat on the altar, and it will be a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Through this process, the priest will purify the people, making them right with the Lord, and they will be forgiven. If the people bring a sheep as their sin offering, it must be a female with no defect. With no defects, They must lay a hand on the head of the sin offering and slaughter it at the place where the burnt offerings are slaughtered. Then the priest will dip his finger in the blood of the sin offering and put it on the horns of the altar for burnt offerings. He will pour out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar. Then he must remove all the sheep's fat, just as he does with the fat of a sheep presented as a peace offering. He will burn the fat on the altar on, on the altar on the altar on top of the special gifts presented to the Lord. Through this process, the priest will purify the people from their sin, making them right with the Lord, and they will be forgiven. Chapter 5, Sins Requiring a Sin Offering. If you are called to testify about something you have seen or that you know about, it is sinful to refuse to testify, and you will be punished for your sin. Or suppose you unknowingly touch something that is ceremonially unclean, such as the carcass of an unclean animal. When you realize what you have done, you must admit your defilement and your guilt. This is true whether it is a wild animal, a domestic animal, or an animal that scurries along the ground. Or suppose you unknowingly touch something that makes a person unclean. When you realize what you have done, you must admit your guilt. Or suppose you make a foolish vow of any kind, whether its purpose is for good or for bad. When you realize its foolishness, you must admit your guilt. When you become aware of your guilt in any of these ways, you must confess your sin. Then you must bring to the Lord as a penalty for your sin a female from the flock, either a sheep or a goat, this is a sin offering with which the priest must purify you from your sin, making you right with the Lord. But if you cannot afford to bring a sheep, you may bring to the Lord two turtle doves or two young pigeons as the penalty for your sin. One of the birds will be a sin for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. You must bring them to the priest who will present the birds as the sin, sin offering. He will wring its neck, but without severing its head from the body. Then he will sprinkle some of the blood of the sin offering against the sides of the altar, and the rest of the blood will be drained out at the base of the altar. This is an offering for sin. The priest will then prepare the second bird as a burnt offering following all the procedures that have been prescribed. Through this process, the priest will purify you from your sin, making you right with the Lord, and you will be forgiven. If you cannot afford to bring two turtle doves or two pigeons, you may bring two quarts of choice flour for your sin offering. Since it is an offering for sin, you must not moisten it with olive oil or put any frankincense in it. Take the flour to the priest, who will scoop out a handful as representative portion. He will burn it on the altar on top of the special gifts presented to the Lord. It is an offering for sin. Through this process, the priest will purify all those who are guilty of any of these sins, making them right with the Lord, and they will be forgiven. The rest of the flour will belong to the priest, just as with the grain offering. Procedures for the guilt offering. Then the Lord said to Moses, If, any, if one of you commits a sin... By unintentionally defiling the Lord's sacred property, you must bring a guilt offering to the Lord. The offering must be your own ram with no defects, or you may buy one of equal value with silver as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. You must make restitution for the sacred property you have harmed by paying for the loss, plus an additional 20%. When you give the payment to the priest, 
He will purify you with the ram sacrificed as a guilt offering, making you right with the Lord, and you will be forgiven. Suppose you sin by violating one of the Lord's commands. Even if you're unaware of what you've done, you are guilty and will be punished for your sin. For a guilt offering, you must bring to the priest your own ram with no defects, or you may buy one of equal value. Through this process, the priest will purify you from your unintentional sin, making you right with the Lord, and you will be forgiven. This is a guilt offering, for you have been guilty of an offense against the Lord. Chapter 6, Sins Requiring a Guilt Offering. Then the Lord said to Moses, Suppose one of your sins against your associate is unfaithful to the Lord. I'm sorry, against your associate, it is unfaithful to the Lord. Suppose you cheat in a deal involving a security deposit, or you steal or commit fraud, or you find lost property and lie about it, or you lie while swearing to tell the truth, or you commit any other such sin. If you've sinned in any of these ways, you are guilty. You must give back whatever you stole or the money you took by extortion or the security deposit or the lost property you found or anything obtained by false swearing falsely. You must make restitution by paying the full price plus an additional 20% to the person you have harmed. On the same day, you must present a guilt offering. As a guilt offering to the Lord, you must bring to the priest your own ram with no defects or you may, have, or you may buy one of equal value. Through this process, the priest will purify you before the Lord, making you right with him, and you will be forgiven for any of these sins you have committed. Further instructions for the burnt offering. Then the Lord said to Moses, Give Aaron and his sons the following instructions regarding the burnt offering. The burnt offering must be left on top of the altar until the next morning, and the fire on the altar must be kept burning all night. In the morning, after the priest on duty has put his put on his official linen clothing and linen undergarments, he must clean out the ashes of the burnt offering and put them beside the altar. Then he must take off these garments, change back into his regular clothes, and carry the ashes outside the camp to a place that is ceremonially clean. Meanwhile, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must never go out. Each morning, the priest will add fresh wood to the fire and arrange the burnt offering on it. He will then burn the fat of the peace offerings on it. Remember, the fire must be kept burning on the altar at all times. It must never go out. Further instructions for the grain offering. These are the instructions regarding the grain offering. Aaron's sons must present this offering to the Lord in front of the altar. The priest on duty will take from the grain offering a handful of choice flour moistened with olive oil together with all the frankincense. He will burn this representative portion on the altar as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Aaron, his, Aaron and his sons may eat the rest of the flour, but it must be baked without yeast and eaten in a sacred place within the courtyard of the tabernacle. Remember, it must never be prepared with yeast. I have given it to the priest as their share of light share of the special gifts pre presented to me. Like the sin offering and the guilt offering, it is mostly holy. Any of Aaron's male descendants may eat from the special gifts presented to the Lord. This is their permanent right from, the generation, from generation to generation. Anyone or anything that touches these offerings will become holy. Procedures for the ordination offering. Then the Lord said to Moses, On the day Aaron and his sons are anointed, they must present to the Lord the standard grain offering of two quarts of choice flour, half to be offered in the morning and half to be offered in the evening. It must be carefully mixed with olive oil and cooked on a griddle. Then slice this grain offering and present it as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. In each generation, the high priest who succeeds Aaron must prepare the same offering. It belongs to the Lord and must be burned up completely. This is a permanent law. All such grain offerings of a priest must be burned up entirely. None of it may be eaten. Further instructions for the sin offering. Then the Lord said to Moses, Give Aaron and his sons the following instructions regarding the sin offering. The animal given as an offering for sin is the most holy offering, and it must be slaughtered in the Lord's presence at the place where the burnt offerings are slaughtered. The priest who offers the sacrifice as a sin offering must eat his portion in a sacred place within the courtyard of the tabernacle. Anyone or anything that touches the sacrificial meat will become holy. 
If the sacrificial blood splatters on a person's clothing, then the soiled garment must be washed in a sacred place. If the clay pot is used to boil the sacrificial meat, it must, be then, must then be broken. If a bronze pot is used, it must be scoured and thoroughly rinsed with water. Any male from a priest's family may eat from this offering. It is most holy. But the offering for sin may not be eaten if its, if its blood was brought to the ta- into the tabernacle as an offering for purification in a holy place. It must be completely burned with fire. Okay, we're going to jump forward here to John chapter 21. Finishing the book of John. Epilogue. Jesus appears to seven disciples. John chapter 21. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out on the they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, Fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, Throw out your net on the right side of the boat, and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord! When Simon Peter heard it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work, jumped into the water, and headed to shore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to shore, for they were only about they were only about a hundred yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them. Fish cooked over a charcoal fire and some bread. Bring some bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net onto the shore. There were about one hundred fifty three large fish, and yet the net hadn't torn. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to the disciples since he had been raised from the dead. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and you went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't, do not want to go. Jesus said this to let him know what kind of death he would glorify, he would glorify God. By what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciple Jesus loved and the one who had leaned over to Jesus during supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? Peter asked Jesus, what about him, Lord? Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. So the rumor spread among the community of believers that this disciple wouldn't die, but but that isn't what Jesus said at all. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? This disciple is the one who testifies to these events and has recorded them here, and we know that his account of these things is accurate. Jesus also did many other things. If they were all written down, I suppose the whole world could not contain the books that would be written. And that is is our reading today. today. And we finished the book of John. I love it. Oh, man. I love it. That's one of my favorite, favorite lines right there, favorite verses. That last one? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I love it so much. Yeah. Pretty cool. Also, pretty cool. We just a couple of days ago read about the crucifixion, and then today we get to read about the 
sin offerings and just just kind of neat to see mm -hmm. how reading the, the Old and New Testament together kind of plays out. But we read this reading today with two questions in mind. How does this help me love God more or better? How does this help me love others more or better? And so, Allison, how does this help you love God or others more? More better. More better. Yeah, much more better. Um. Well, first of all, I, this is irrelevant to whether it makes me love anybody more, but I just think it's funny that Jesus was like, if I want him to stay, what's that to you? What is that? Yeah, that is none deal, of your dude? business. Yeah. I don't know why that makes me I laugh. Said, follow me. It's just not what, this is not about him. Focus on you. I wonder what John's thinking too as he writes this, because he's writing this around 90 AD. Peter was crucified upside down around 64 AD. Oh, really? So you're looking at 25 years, 26 years have passed in that time. And John is probably... He is the last disciple left alive. Mm -hmm. He's very old at this point. Mm -hmm. And people are probably like, well, Jesus did say he's he not going to die. Mm -hmm. So he's like, okay, but listen, like that's not, mm -hmm. that's not what he that's said. Not just, yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Um, let's go with how to help me love God. Okay. I'm drawn to this conversation with Jesus and Peter today. Um <laughs> Jesus asked him three times. The third time, Peter was hurt. <laughs> Jesus asked him the third time. How dare you? How dare you question me three times? Not that I denied you three times. How odd <laughs> that, that right. the, just, yeah. Um, I love that um, Jesus sa says to him, um, feed my sheep. And then he goes on to say, he told him the type of death that he would how he would glorify God, what kind of death he would have that would glorify God. Mm -hmm. um, Peter really did turn things around after his big, you know. Yeah. And I guess it makes me love God more because uh, God, God used Peter so beautifully after that. And I feel like it's such a lesson to us. Um, how, how much hope does it give somebody who thinks, man, I have screwed up. Mm -hmm. I have really messed my life up. I can, there is no coming back from what I've done or who I've been. This is somebody who denied Jesus three times, not once, not twice, yeah. three times. Not only did he deny him, he denied him after being, after being as close to him as he was, mm -hmm. after swearing, I would never, yep. ever leave you. I'll never deny you. I would never do this to you. And then he did it three times. And then Jesus used him to preach that first, you know, to stand up in front of the same people who, you know, went after Jesus and had him crucified and say all the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Fearlessly. Yeah. I and mean, the, that's a beautiful. And the guy you crucified. Yes. Yeah. Calls mm -hmm. them out. Yeah. This is the same person who couldn't say, yeah, I was with him. I mm -hmm. was with Jesus. I know him. So I think it makes me look, it just really helps me to love God more to know that God gives us these examples of like, no matter how terrible you've been or what you've ever done, this is what I can do. This is how I can use you. Mm -hmm. I can use you. I can turn it around. Yep. And I love that. It's a good thing. Yeah. Or else you wouldn't be able to use anyone. Right. It'd be like throwing away a dish instead of washing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You're dirty. Done Sorry. with this. Yeah. Can't use you anymore. Just every time you eat something, mm -hmm. you just throw the plate away. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You have that kind of money, Allison. I do not. Oh, sure. Okay, well, so how okay. does this help me love others more? Well, I, I like, I've never noticed this before. I'm sure it's been pointed out a million times in history. 
and probably I have noticed it before, but it stuck out to me today as though I had never noticed it before. I love that. This sins requiring a guilt offering. Um, oh, is that is that where I'm going with this? Where's the... I think that's right. What did we read today? Leviticus uh, 4 through 6. So it was, it was earlier then. It's procedures for the sin offering. That's why it looked weird. Um, it starts at the high priest, mm -hmm. then the community of Israel, mm -hmm. and then one of their leaders, and then common people. And it just, it steps down the requirement, right? So we're going from a bull to a ram to a, like it steps down yeah. every time. And I think that it's really cool because what it shows me, and, and it's not the same. Israel is not the same as the church. But you have to think, spiritually speaking, Aaron is meant to be, besides Moses, the most spiritually mature person in the camp. And we know that's not true. Right. Right. We know that he built the calf. We know that he and Miriam start this riot. Right. Like we, mm -hmm. we know that, but he is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And this isn't just about Aaron. This is about all the high priests that ever will be. So if you wear the linen underwear, like you're the guy, mm -hmm. you're the high priest. You're supposed to be the most spiritually mature person there. Okay. And so the accountability is highest. Mm -hmm. And I love that because it shows me, and look, we're all, one sin is enough to send us to hell. So I get that. Um, but there is such a, like this idea of a tapered sort of accountability, even in James chapter three, where it says, not many of you should want to be teachers, teachers. because you'll face that double yes. judgment, right? Yes. And so, um, you know, I love this, this idea that, and it, it's scary as a pastor, but the reality is I should be held more closely accountable than the common, common being just the word that it uses here. I'm not being derogatory, no. just common person Everyday who's person. showing up at church you know, the lay person, the, right. the non-vocational person um, or the person who's not in a leadership role. Mm -hmm. Yes, they're held responsible. Yes, they have to take care of their stuff, mm -hmm. but they don't have to like picture this. Put your hand on a bull. Right. And then kill it. So you have your hand on a bull's head and then you have to kill it with your other hand. A bull. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Right. Like that's not no. a simple matter. No. Even if it's tied up, that's no. that's a lot that's of a big deal. That's a lot of things to get through. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like it is huge. Like mm -hmm. it is a process. Yeah. And so I just think there's something about that. How does it help me love others? Um, you know, to understand one, it is a loving thing to hold our leaders accountable. It is a loving thing. Because as soon as that bowl was done, you know, as soon as all that was done, they were forgiven. It was moved on. Right. So like as soon as the sin is dealt with, we can move on, have grace, forgiveness, all of that stuff. No problem. But it has to be dealt with. Mm -hmm. And I think instead what happens is when pastors or leaders sin, it's like, well, that's the pastor. Like we're going to let that go on and on and on. And then what happens is we have these pastors that have these catastrophic failures. Yeah. Right. I know you watch the Hillsong thing and, yeah. you know, talk about Willow Creek and Bill Hybels and you know, Ted Haggard at New Life Church in Colorado, like just Big. over and over and over again. It, and, and it was probably either a lack of accountability completely or little sins that finally built up and erupted into this thing. And so as a pastor, yes, it's scary to know that I'm accountable to people. Um, I'm very fortunate because the the elders at Harvest Church and, and here at First Baptist Church too, but the ones I work with at Harvest Church are so loving, so genuinely, they yeah. care so much about me that they never want to see me fall into those things. Right. So I love that. And, you know, they hold me more accountable. They're not, they're checking it on me. Mm -hmm. 
they're not checking in on every single person who walks in the door, right? right. Because the leaders have to be held accountable. So I can, right. I can love people better by holding leaders accountable as a leader by being held accountable and understanding that not everyone is going to be held to the same standard, mm -hmm. practically speaking, that a pastor is. Yeah. And so, you know, the person, if I go out and I get, you know, I'm just picking a random thing. If I go out and I get a DUI, that's a huge deal. That is a huge deal, right? Yeah. Um, the average person in a church, if you go out and get a DUI, also a huge deal, but not as huge of a right. deal. Does that make sense? Yes. So, yeah. So I just yes. think there's a lot of love to be had there, a lot of grace and forgiveness to be had there, but accountability that prevents those things from happening is the most loving thing. Mm -hmm. So I can love people better by having that strong accountability, both for myself and for others. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Hmm. It's great. I won't get a DUI, guys. I don't even drink. So that's why I went with that one. Okay. No one thought that. Well, I just tell okay. them. You're okay. There's a leery of people who listen and there's a contract that says I'm not allowed to drink because I work there. Well, so that's good. good. I didn't get that. I'm glad you made it though. clear because, huh? I didn't get it notarized. I didn't. So, <laughs> so really. So yeah. Anyway. All right, guys. We're proud of you guys. Yes. You're doing a great job. Making it through Leviticus. Yeah. And guess what? I think tomorrow we start Hebrews. Yep. Ooh. Yeah. So Hebrews and Leviticus, they go together. It's going to be great. You cannot understand Hebrews without understanding Leviticus. You cannot understand Leviticus without understanding Hebrews. So very excited to go through those things with you guys. It's going to be cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think we got piano lessons. Goodbye. Yes. And, and that, that is, is our reading, reading today. today. Mm -hmm. <sighs> and it feels really familiar to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I... Not you. Oh. Have already read this. Okay. With Allison. So, and I'm reading this this Leviticus portion. I'm like, this all sounds so familiar, but there's so many parts that sound that repeat themselves. And I'm like, maybe that must be what's happening here. Cause I had no notes in all of that. Yeah. I have but then we get to John twenty one and there's notes. Oh. So we're gonna have two episodes today. It's gonna be amazing. I love it. So Okay. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Really wow. glad for that. Yeah. It's not going to be an okay. issue. It's going to be amazing. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. But I'm reading, you know, we're reading the Old Testament thing. I'm yeah. like, I have read this. You've read this. <laughs> and, but so much of it is, you know, someone just pointed out to me that Exodus 25 and 26 are almost identical to Exodus 35 and 36. Okay. So I'm like, this must be one of those things. But here I am. And it's not familiar to me because I preached this recently. John 21. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, last year. But well, in, you know. It's all good. So, yeah, it's good. So we might just have two episodes in a day for our special listeners. That would be a first. If you are, yeah. yeah. Yep. And yeah, Only something new here. I will try not to use the same thing that I used last time because I don't remember what it was. But <laughs> Okay. Yeah, it's oh, cool. Wow, oh, wow. Oh, I think cool. I do know what I was saying okay. last time. Okay. Well, but anyway, so we did read that. We did. Now twice. We did. And you did. You know what? I think God's going to teach a lesson through this, and I'll yeah. talk about it afterwards. But Chip, yeah. how does this help you love God more or better? Yeah. Um, this helps me love God more because he forgives me of my sins. Mm. He wants to forgive us of our sins. Yes. Um, you will be forgiven for any sins you've committed. Like God wants to forgive us. You know, he doesn't have to forgive us. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't earn it or deserve it. You know, what I usually say is we need it. We do need forgiveness. And God wants to give us forgiveness. He will give us forgiveness. He has provided forgiveness through his son, Jesus. He wants to forget. And I love that about him. Like there are certain people that I, I got to be honest, I don't want to forgive. Yeah. 
Yeah. I feel like I'm letting them off the hook or whatever, but God wants to forgive us. And he's gone to great lengths to make that happen by giving his own son as a sacrifice for our sins. And he's forgiven Peter. Peter, you know, betrayed him. You yeah. denied him, yep. knowing him and turned his back on him. And he, for, he, he forgave Peter so much that he, you know, put him to work for the early church to get things going. And so I love that about God. He, he has forgiven me and he wants to forgive me. Mm-hmm. And he's provided forgiveness for all the sins I have done, am doing, and will ever do. He has secured that for me. Thank you, God, for that. And I'm very grateful. And, and I just want to, my life to say thank you by what I do and what I say. Yeah. Well, I think that's different. So I love that. And I really appreciate it. And you just see it all throughout, right? It's not just Leviticus and John 21 thing. It's just all throughout scripture. We see that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So how can I love others more or better? Okay. I think this is different than what I said before, but obviously I'm not to be trusted. I don't remember, <laughs> but I think this is different. Well, this is part of the learning curve, I guess. I think I can love others more. Look, you look at these these things, right? If the entire community of Israel sins mm-hmm. and the people don't realize it, they're still guilty. If one of Israel's leaders sins and doesn't realize it, he's still guilty. Yeah. If the common people sin and don't realize it, they're still guilty. Yeah. The people bring the sheep offerings, sin offerings, whatever. Okay. So then we go down and uh, we get this list of sins requiring a sin offering. And a lot of them, you know, when we look at the entirety of the law, right? When we look at the entirety of the law, I'm trying to think of how to frame this. Jesus said the two greatest commandments were love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. On these two things hang all the law and the prophets, right? All the law and the prophets hang on those two things, which means it was possible in the early days of Israel and all throughout the history of Israel, it was possible for me to to sin against you, Chip, Mm -hmm. without ever knowing it. Mm. And I can love God better or love others better by knowing God's standard better. Yeah. Because God set the standard in place. Mm-hmm. And if I don't know that I'm supposed to help you get your donkey out of a pit or yeah. build a railing on my roof or whatever other thing, yeah. you know, thank, if I don't. Thank you, by the way. Yeah, no problem at all, man. So nice. You call me anytime. Yeah, my donkey um, appreciates it. If, if I don't know that that's God's standard, yeah. yes, I've sinned against God unknowingly, mm. but I also am not treating you with the same kind of communal love that God wants me to treat you with. Mm. So I think this goes back to kind of what we talked about yesterday, and that's. It is super important for us to know the scriptures, to know God's standard. Mm. You know, I remember a few years ago, there was an incident where someone didn't know that getting drunk was a sin, mm. just genuinely didn't know. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean that person wasn't guilty of that, mm. but it does mean that they were unaware of God's standards. True. And so, I mean, I, I have to wonder how many people have I hurt in my life by just not knowing that I was treating them the wrong way, you know? Mm. And so I just think, man, I can love others better by knowing God's standard very well and then holding myself to it mm-hmm. right so that's a great way to that's love good. other people i like that yeah it's very good uh and so there is a lesson well, in all this there is a lesson let me let me share this real quick oh i said yesterday or the day before or whatever okay. that leviticus is kind of boring right and you know i still i read it apparently two days <laughs> right and didn't quite realize it although i was reading it and i definitely knew something was up but today it felt totally different like the words were the same, but I was focused. I found myself focusing on different things hmm. and other things standing out to me in this book that is supposedly boring and hard to apply. 
it stood, it read differently to me. And that's the Holy Spirit doing that, wow. you know? Nice. So even if you think that a book is boring or dry or difficult, the lesson is yeah. you, you can read it two yeah. times in a week and sure. it'll still be something. Yeah. Well, I did see you start to scurry as I was reading John 21. Yes. I was hoping to hand off halfway through, but no. you were like scurrying around. Not interested. I'm like, I've already read it. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> like, yeah, I'm just going to do the whole thing then. Well, I wanted to go back and make sure that I was going to say this part right because then it's even dumber if i'm like i've already read this and then i haven't already read it that's even worse yeah so that, that would be yeah well, good job, Eric. that's fine yeah that's whatever fine. i forgive you i appreciate that <laughs> thank you very much yeah, god forgives you it's going to be complicated getting those days filled but we're going to do fine oh it's yeah. the bible it's, it's going to so be good exciting. yes all right all right guys that's have a great day it. goodbye yeah. bye